Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello everyone and welcome to Pubs, Pints, People, the podcast from camera about beer, cider, pubs and much, much more. My name is Ant Fiorillo and as always I'm joined by my co-hosts Katie Wiles and Matt Bundy. Well, hello there. Hello. Hello, hello. Well, I tell you what, we're still recording from our homes, aren't we? Full disclosure and virtual pub. But of course the big news that we were talking about last week, it's come true at last, it's here, is that many of us can finally go to a real pub again because government's allowed pubs to reopen so it's amazing <laughs> it's amazing we're actually we, we got to, we're recording it a few days before that actually happens when people are listening they could be listening down the pub on their headphones as we speak it's a good way to social distance put it on really loud <laughs> around everybody. definitely it's been a super busy week at the camera office as we've been supporting the industry getting everyone ready to adjust to the new world we did a nice little infographic that you can find on the camera social media feeds which tells you what you can expect when you go down to the pub. We've got a lot of pubs and breweries that are still going to be struggling or unable to open. So just kind of keeping that campaigning pressure on. I love the infograph, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I'm quite a polite drinker in that I do, you know, I normally do take my empties back to the bar when I get a, a fresh one. Don't do thought, it. I know you can't do that. And I'm just like, oh, wow. I'm, and I'm going to feel guilty for having all these glasses on the table. But do you know what? I'm sure we'll all get over it. I think I'm just going to throw them over my shoulder like Henry VIII. Just as, yeah, <laughs> That's what we're meant to do now, isn't it? I haven't read the infographic. Maybe I should. Maybe you need to read up on that, Matt. Yeah, I think so. So, uh, so do remember that if you're not already a a member of camera then join us today why the devil not help us save our pubs and help them recondition themselves back into normality as we open up life again you can go to camera.org.uk forward slash join and read about all of the benefits that you get from being a member indeed now this week's podcast it's not just about saving pubs it's about saving the whole planet. Mm. Yeah, we're going big, <laughs> going for it all. It's, so it's all about eco-brewing, and we've got interviews with two breweries who are at the forefront of sustainability. And later on, I'm speaking to Paul Brazier from Purity Brewing. But first, in our Learn and Discover section, we've got a new correspondent. Welcome, Ooh. welcome, Alan, who's going to be speaking to Nick Farr of Farr Brew. It's been great to get a new volunteer on board, Alan, so thank you for getting involved. If anyone else wants to join us, we're looking for people to help with conducting those interviews, some of the post-production editing, producing, even script writing and archiving. But like everything else at camera, this initiative just wouldn't be possible without dedicated volunteers. So if you'd like to get involved, you can email us at podcast at camera.org.uk or tweet us using that handle, Pubs Pints People. 
Yeah, we do love hearing about all of you a lot from Twitter. You know, thank you for everybody that's getting in touch, especially in the last week, to tell us how much you've been enjoying the podcast and for telling us you voted for us in the British <laughs> Podcasting Awards. Now, that's a wonderful thing to hear. So thank you for that. Your warm words really have meant the world to us and the team. So please keep those tweets coming, especially now that you can send us those photographs of your first trips back to the boozer. Definitely. I mean, it's a week of first after lockdown, isn't it? That first trip to the pub. Oh, the first taste of a draft real <laughs> ale. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> proper, proper cider that I get from a tap. Uh, but let's have another first first. This is the debut for Alan. He's speaking to Nick Farr from Farr Brewery. Learn and discover. I'm joined today by Nick Farr. Nick, thanks for coming on to the podcast. Thank you very much. Good to be here. So tell us about Far Brewery. Far Brew is a brewery started by myself, Nick Farr, and uh, my best mate, Matt Elvidge. We started it five, six years ago in a little shed in my garden, and we've sort of grown quite significantly. We now own five pubs and a bar um, across sort of St. Albans, Harpenden, and we supply beer to another, I don't know, 70 or 80 pubs around Hearts, Beds and, and Bucks, basically. I guess we started out with green initiatives in mind, that's sort of been sounded out by the fact that we secured the SEBA Award for Sustainability three years ago now, making us the greenest brewery in the country at that point. And then this year we were a finalist as well. So, so we're in the top three. So the green endeavours have always been at the top of our priority list, whilst ensuring you know, commerciality is uh, taken into account as well. So you said you started out with green initiatives in mind. What was the rationale behind that? Yeah, I suppose it came reasonably naturally to us in the sense that I was kind of brought up uh, in and around a farm back in Herefordshire. And I suppose that my parents' sort of ethos was always, well, let's not waste much. You know, they weren't exactly eco-warriors or anything like that. But, you know, if the hedgerow had been bothered to grow some blackberries in it, then make some wine. And it just it was always an ethos that I thought was a sensible one to have, I suppose. I think that the initial steps that we made towards being as sort of sustainable as we could were not necessarily taken for even sustainable reasons. They were just the most logical thing to do, really. It was simple things like giving our spent grain to a local farmer and then he you know, he, he feeds that grain to his various animals. But then that sort of really came sort of full circle once we started getting our own pubs, because we could then actually use that meat. We've also got hives on our land. We've got potent porter is, um, is quite honey rich, which is the sort of traditional way to brew porter. And it was costing us a fortune, frankly. So we decided, what can we do about this? Well, we have got a bit of land, so we now have bees supporting the brewery effectively. And we obviously sell the honey as well in our tap room. All of our hops, our spent hops, go off to local growers groups. They use the hops for uh, mulch material. So some of those growers groups are charities who support local care homes and the like. It's amazing. People don't really tend to think of the environmental impact of beer production, but I mean, it's a relatively energy intensive thing to make and it uses a substantial amount of water. Are you doing anything to try and effectively reduce kind of waste there or the water usage, if that's possible? Water usage is a difficult one. A reasonable brewery will use, let's say it produces a thousand litres a week, then you would expect that brewery to use somewhere between three and five thousand litres. Because obviously you've got to clean and you've got to use water for um, all sorts of various different things. I suppose that the main issue for us is just it is reduction of the waste or, or if not reduction necessarily, it's, it's more about the 
again, secondary repurposing of it. So I've got a pretty reasonable sized garden. So some of the water is used on that. You know, we just take it away in bulk containers. We've got local farmer who some of our wastewater is it's very nitrogen rich. So sort of it's filtered, some of it's put on his fields. You know, it's all about finding that secondary purpose without necessarily needing to do a too much treatment to it because obviously any treatment uses energy. So it's not about necessarily being eco-warrior. It's more just about trying to be a little bit clever with it. It's almost interesting that you came to it from a purely business point of view almost and a secondary benefit was that it was environmentally friendly. It certainly started out as a commercial consideration. It then sort of moved towards, well, it's the logical thing to do. And then it became very much part of our business ethos i suppose we became not obsessive about it but certainly we always seek to find the most green option you can't always do it because fundamentally you've got to make a few bob to to run a brewery and a brewery runs on extraordinarily tight margins as it is so it's not like you can go over and above but i mean there's fantastic breweries out there doing you know great things like i think purity you know one of my favorite breweries they're doing a huge amount of work on that and i think they're moving towards you know going carbon neutral and stuff so you know they're a real sort of shining light in in this sort of arena i think most of the big guys are now realizing that it doesn't just make sense from the perspective of ticking a box it makes sense because well it, it is just the right thing to do and actually if you do it right and you look at it long term then you can actually end up saving money what do you think is the biggest challenge brewers face when considering their environmental impact? We've got the advantage that we're surrounded by lots of fields and farmers. And frankly, if we were on an industrial estate in London, then I'm not sure that we'd be able to do much of this at all. Things like the Hop Collective, for instance, well, that's only possible because a lot of people around us have got you know, nice gardens. An awful lot of people can't necessarily say that in the sort of inner city areas. So I think we've got that going for us i don't necessarily see sustainability being the biggest challenge because there's also there's always ways that you can do it i think that there's bigger challenges to brewers out there than the sustainability side of things just purely on the margins on the finished product really i think the next six months is going to be more about um just uh, keeping the wolf from the door i've also thought that broadly speaking real ale has missed a trick by not emphasizing its role in the local and i suppose the circular economy it's generally uh, consumed locally the waste is often repurposed locally. The other side of it is obviously we, we tend to try and employ people from, from around here. And we've never brought in big commercial brewers from far afield. We've always trained people up um, internally. Um, all of our staff are sort of you know in and around the locality. And it just helps because it means they, they kind of care about the product more. And as you say, the beer, it just doesn't need to travel far, as I say. And that's kind of our goal. Our overriding goal, I guess, is to, if we can get to the point where we're growing our own hops. We're also in talks with our local farmer to grow barley from outside, literally outside our brewery. The, the end goal is that at some point within the next you know, three or four years, we will be able to produce beer that has literally been grown on our doorstep. If we can do everything locally, then I think you know more power to us. And as I say, food miles are a huge issue. And it's if we can try and minimise those, then all to the good, really. Learn and discover. Inspiring stuff from Far Brew there. I think it's brilliant that they're thinking about keeping down the food miles or beer miles, if you like, and, and delivering that stuff locally. It also makes a wonderful difference if you live in that area to get something fresh from the doorstep, doesn't it? 
Yeah, it really does. I don't know how familiar you guys are with Farbrew, but I lived in St. Albans. I still work there. And so I'm really used to seeing that in the pubs alongside Tring and they've got fantastic beers. Although I've never come across their honey porter and that sounds absolutely delicious yeah. using beehives on the brewery to form part of their beer range. I want to get my hands on some of that. It could be a natural cure for hay fever as well, can't it? Because exactly. the local honey will just drink the local porter. <laughs> I think it's really interesting. Alan's right when you say you don't really think about the environmental impact of making a beer as you're sipping it. That's not usually my first thought. It's how delicious this this honey beer is. Apart from recycling your bottles and cans, which I know we all do religiously, there's so much more that goes into it. You know, there's water usage, there's energy usage. And mm. I think it's, it's great to hear that they set up the brewery with green initiatives in mind so that everything's built up around that ethos and it just helps that all of the other activity built on that because they started off with it at the forefront of what they wanted to do. And you know what, as Alan says, you, you don't need to be an eco-warrior to think about your green impacts, you know, you just need to bear it in mind and think a little bit more creatively. I mean, we've talked a lot about how much we love local beers and cider, but Cameras actually launched a petition this week to promote that local choice. You may have already seen it if you remember. This is called Cheers for Choice, and the petition calls on beer drinkers to write to pub companies to pressure them to allow publicans to stock those local brews, which are just so important, especially at the moment when the industry needs it's all the help it can get. I mean, I'd encourage anyone to sign up to it on the camera website. It's super important. At the moment, those brewers need that extra help. And actually, while you're on the camera website, make sure to check out some of our new Learn and Discover resources. If you love the podcast, they're really right up your street. We've now got a beginner's guide to cider terminology from James Finch and a video guide to foraging for brewing ingredients from Andy Hamilton, who is the best-selling author of the book Booze for Free, which, you know, is just a fantastic title. <laughs> so you can learn a bit more about how to make those herbal beers, which is quite cool. So lots of stuff all on the camera website to check out. Booze for free. That's a northerner like me dream. <laughs> I like to I like to hear that. And cider terminology, a guide to that. I'm glad finally I can find the right words to describe my homemade cider. It's been it's been described as indescribable. I think I'll be looking up D for diabolical. <laughs> we need to try this and see for ourselves, I, I think. I think you, you, it's one of those where they market something with tongue-in-cheek that it's actually going to be amazing. Everyone just can't wait to try it, Matt. So you better get batch producing, buddy. It is funny you should say that, though, because I was looking through Sue's recipe this week and it happens to have a devilish title, or duvelish, to be more <laughs> accurate. It's her devilishly good pancakes made with a Belgian classic. Yum, yum. Indeed. So Sue admits in the intro to a recipe that she sent us that she can't believe it's got all the way through these weeks. And this is the first recipe that uses a Belgian beer. She poetically says, you know, Belgium, it's the beer built on centuries of turning hops, molten yeast into ambrosia that Ooh. might carry on fermenting in darkened cellars for years to become the equivalent of a vintage champagne or brandy. She makes me hungry before I even start cooking. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, she says they've got brewers who know more than brain surgeons, creating richer notes than a Stradivarius and greater poetry than Shakespeare. I do love a Belgian beer. <laughs> she goes, Sue really loves a Belgian beer. I know. <laughs> waxing lyrical. She <laughs> He says Duval is named after the devil, apparently for no more sinister reason than that it was created about 120 years ago. And one of the delighted alchemists yelled, wow, that is devilishly good. That's not what Wikipedia says or the Duval website, but I'm going to go with Sue. <laughs> I'm going to go with Sue on this. I trust her over anybody. And I'm going to say that that's where the name came from. 
8.5%. It's a smooth talking charmer, teasing the tongue with cloves, pepper, and spice, which could seduce an innocent, according to Sue. Sue, you minx, you! <laughs> she does conclude her intro about saying beer improves every sort of batter, from Yorkshire pudding to fish and chips, and ain't that the truth? And in this instance, that the original Duvel lightens some rather posh pancakes made with both wholemeal and plain flour, wrapped around smoked salmon and asparagus. Ooh, yeah. So as always, the recipe is in our podcast show notes, also on our website. So enjoy those, start cooking, send us some pictures. And we're still running the Brew to You app. So you can search for local pubs and breweries in your area to support who might not be able to reopen due to the social distancing restrictions. But if you fancy something a bit more like a variety case, we're now also working with Honest Brew so that we can offer you a special podcast promo code on your next beer delivery. Yes, that's right. Honest Brew sources beer from hundreds of independent producers from around the world. And I've had a little look on their website today. And listen, they've got Siren, Signature Brew, Tiny Rebel, Wild Beer Co. And many, many more. Indeed. All you've got to do is you've got to visit honestbrew.co.uk forward slash camera 10, our special website just for us, and you get £10 off your first order. That is fantastic, isn't it? Never say, listeners, that we don't give you anything apart from quality content. You know, <laughs> in fact, stop saying that on Twitter. You know, we're giving you everything here. We're giving you discounts as well. Fantastic stuff. Who doesn't love a discount? You know me, guys. I love a little discount. It's my favourite <laughs> word. So, yes, do head over to the website, Honest Brew, and thank you so much to the team there for this very tasty discount. Now, it's time for us to get back to our stories of sustainability. And this time, our very own Matt Bundy is speaking to Paul Brazier from Pure. Brewing. This interview was done a few weeks back, actually, so it was kind of near the start of lockdown. So Paul was very kind. He was giving up his time at a really frantic period as they were going around setting up loads of initiatives at the brewery. And I also had a cold, so you can enjoy me <laughs> struggling to pronounce brewery even more than usual. Desert Island Beer. Now, this week we're talking all about sustainability initiatives by brewers. And I know that Purity was very much at the forefront of the sustainable brewing movement. Can you tell us a bit about how you built your business to be as sustainable as possible? We founded in 2005 under three core principles, pure eco, pure quality and pure community. And our business was set up, I suppose, to be dedicated to make a difference. These values still live with us today as well. Sustainability has always been at the heart of what we do. We continually try to stay at the forefront of a sustainable brewing as well. Everything from our unique passive wetland system all the way through to our recycling of spent grain, spent hops and spent yeast. We also have a privately implemented recycling scheme, which has been with us from day one. We're really proud of our sustainability and I like to think that Paul and Jim are trailblazers of their time back in 2005, thinking about the impact of brewing has on the local environment and the use of water and how we could make a difference as a business. So I've been reading about all of the initiatives that you use. And one of the thing that's amazed me the most is that you've got an incredibly small water to beer ratio. How do you manage to keep it so low? Well, thanks, Matt. That's um, really down to our, our browcon kits and the wetland system. But ultimately around the introduction of condensers and heat exchangers, which reduce our energy in the water demand, really. Our brewery runs at about 95% efficiency in terms of energy to hot water conversion, I suppose similar to maybe a domestic kettle, which is around 50% efficient. The water vapor from the brewing process is returned back into the brewing process, stored as heat or used as um, a brewery cleaning. So we get a lot of efficiencies from there. The Browcon kit is self-cleaning as well. 
and, and, and the wetland system takes all the effluent which left over from the brewing process and passes it through the four and a half acres of land there and the nine pools of water which passes it onto the uh, the River Avon and by the tributary river, the River Arrow. And since you started in 2005, what would you say the changes have been when it comes to sustainability in the industry? Down to people's awareness of the environment and the impacts that individuals make on the, their own surroundings. So I think that's what's making the difference. The demand is there for businesses to make a difference, corporate responsibility and the impacts on the environment is something that is key to every business, not just brewing, every business that's out there. And I see that you've got a range of premium, sustainably produced, gluten-free and vegan-friendly and organic options now. So where's the demand coming for those products from? Well, it's boiled down to uh, healthier lifestyles. We've seen a huge increase in people being aware of being healthier uh, in their lives. There's a growth in, in awareness around gluten as well. And generally just a growth in people wanting to buy more premium products. So We've launched a number of products over recent years. Our Session IPA, our Organic Helles, and, and most recently Bunny Hopping Cask. The consumer demand is there. There's a number of Facebook pages and websites and consumer groups that are, are popping up that consumers are joining and are looking for more healthier beers. But we noticed that some time ago and decided that we would work on it. And to be honest, it's working really well for us. Uh, the beer brands that we have turned either into gluten-free have certainly seen a, a huge response to that from the public and from the trade as well. With our Pure Helles, like I mentioned, it's organic. So recently we received the Soil Association accreditation, a bit of a tongue twister that one, which has helped us as well, just through a, an organic beer, which is becoming higher on people's um, radars. And I see that you've won the Business Award for Green Initiatives for this year. What have you been working on particularly recently that's made you stand out to win that award? So ours is all about continual improvement. Like I mentioned at the start of the interview, that Pure Eco is one of our core pillars and, and founding pillars of the business. And it's about continual improvement. So recently we've introduced hybrid cars into our sales fleet. We've been reducing our reliance on plastic. We've also looked at sustainable packaging as well. There's just a continual improvement around the business. We have privately implemented a recycling scheme, which has been set up for, since conception. We also, like I mentioned previously, recycle all of our ingredients as well. So we've always championed a, a circular economy, I suppose, Matt, putting things back into the system. So the reuse of our spent grain, we generate over 30 tonnes of spent grain a week, and that's used on the farm for feed for our Longhorn cattle, an inspiration for our Longhorn IPA. We also send it out to other local farmers as well. Our spent hops, we generate over a tonne of spent hops a week. With its high moisture retention, and nitrogen values, we utilise that to local farmers for compost and fertiliser. And then this spent yeast, the road 60 hectolitres of spent yeast is sent to uh, local farmers for pig feed. So it's, for us, it's all about that circular economy. We produce some beer, which utilises the raw material, and then that waste or byproduct is then utilised again within the farming process. So we've got some happy cows in the area, happy pigs and happy people. That sounds great. We certainly have. Uh, and would you say that it's easier to do eco-brewing as a sustainability now with new technology coming in? Technology does play its role, but certainly it's just about us being more innovative and working harder to ensure that our processes are leaving the least impacts on the local environment as much as possible. Do you think that other breweries are starting to take notice and follow suit? Certainly they are. There are a number of brewers out there that have a sustainable practice about themselves. I think every brewery in the country is likely to use some sustainability and have eco values within their business. 
again, down to consumer demand, I think there is an opportunity for all businesses to work a little bit harder and think about sustainability. What's next then for Purity? It's all about continuing to improve on the sustainability model that we set up back in 2005 and continuing today. For me, it's about recycle, reduce and reuse, keeping Pure Eco at the heart of what we do. We're working with local universities, Warwick and Aston University on biodiversity and plastic reduction. We're also looking at ways of working with Warwickshire Wildlife Trust on an ecological study around our wetland system and partnering with the Heart of England and Forestry Commission around carbon offsetting. We're also looking to eradicate plastic from our business as well and working with our partners and our Puritans on their sustainability models in order to make them environmentally friendly and more sustainable. And how have you been keeping going in lockdown? I know it's a really difficult time for brewers everywhere at the moment. It certainly has been, Matt, and uh, we're no exception to the rule. Um, Luckily, we've had an online store which has been set up for some time now. So we've been able to capitalise on the opportunity and consumer demand for beers to be delivered directly to their homes. At the start, we also operated a click and collect service uh, so people can come and join us at the brewery to collect their beer. We've also been trying to add a little bit of element of entertainment into uh, people's lives on a Wednesday night by introducing a pure pub quiz. So tell me, what's the beer that you'd like to be stranded on a desert island with? Maybe a little bit biased, but we've recently re-released Kavik New England IPA, 5.8% New England style IPA, very fruity, juicy, mangoes, pineapple flavours, made with a unique Norwegian farmhouse yeast strain, which really adds to the flavour profile as well. So that's my preference, 5.8% ABV and available now from our shop. That sounds excellent. Well, thank you so much for speaking to me, Paul. And all the listeners out there, if you want to find out more about Purity's story and order some of their lovely sustainable beer, then all the information is on puritybrewing.com. Desert Island Beer. Really interesting. I mean, both of our interviewees this week mentioned their wins at the SIBO Awards, which I actually got to sit on the judging panel for this year, pre-lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just such a delight that like eco-brewing is actually a category and recognised as an important initiative across the industry, because that's really the way to encourage other brewers to invest in green technology and focus on that and making sure that part of their business brand. And it's obviously really important for customers too. They want to buy brands that care for the environment. I feel like I learned a lot just researching the area i must admit i hadn't realized how much water goes into making a pint of beer i like the idea that they're kind of trying to squeeze more beer from every drop of water i thought that was a really interesting area yeah i mean i don't know what the exact stats are about the consumption of beer inside the cans and bottles that we've probably been through as a nation during the lockdown but you know i, I certainly see the number of cans and stuff that got into my recycling and, and all of that packaging and, and trying to reduce that is just so important yeah i mean i think it's something that we're really going to need to watch especially as pubs and breweries resume operating in a post-lockdown world sanitation is going to be so important we're seeing lots of pubs switch to paper and disposable menus some are even switching to plastic cups obviously that's going to have a huge impact on the environment so it's definitely something that's going to have to be looked at and paid attention to over the coming months. brings us really nicely actually onto our look into the archives this week because we found an article from december 1979 that was on this very topic 
was about reducing the use of non-reusable containers. And Canberra is actually trying to get the government to introduce a tax on non-returnables. And it had the fantastic headline, ban the can. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that slogan. I mean, it's not pulling any punches here on this article, by the way. It calls non-returnable containers a threat to the traditional British pub, a cause of pollution and a waste of raw materials, and encourages people to fill their flagon of draft beer at their local instead. Now, of course, a lot of people have been doing that more in lockdown as many pubs have changed to take out, helping to save the planet as well as keeping their local pubs open. And that's still true today. A lot of pubs and breweries haven't been able to take back your own growlers. They've been doing a lot of plastic containers because of sanitation reasons. That's something else. Interestingly, one of the campaign's main points at the time against cans was a cost. And a spokesman said that for a can of light ale, it was, wait for it, 17p versus 5p for the cost of the can fair point but let's just pause for a moment to think about a can costing 17p i'm jealous (laughs) (laughs) but i do think i'll get in my time machine right now and pick up a few cans if that's all right um, I mean, <laughs> that's it, it that's does... abusing the mastery of time travel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, listen, we've got some more drinks that are a bit more expensive now, but they're worth every penny in front of us, and that must mean, therefore, it is time for last orders. Last orders. Right then, what are we all slurping? Well, I tell you what, I'm pleased to say the magic moment has arrived at last after many weeks. I've got my second <laughs> batch of the Brew Dog Barnard Castleitest. Brilliant. <laughs> Still topical, still worth the face on Twitter about it. It's a collector's item, but um, I'm actually not drinking that. I've got a few more job lots. That's so from Brudo. I'm drinking Clockwork Tangerine this week. Oh, very nice. What, what about you, KT? <laughs> well, I actually had a delivery from 71 Brewing up in Scotland the other week, which I've been working through. So they actually sent me two sours, which listeners will probably know that I'm not a huge fan of sours, but they were actually really good and they kind of tasted like cocktails. So I quite enjoyed that in the warm weather and I particularly loved obviously their breakfast toast stout and following my chat with pop culture brews I ended up sticking a scoop of vanilla ice cream into it (laughs) and made myself a nice little stout float on a hot day Mm. it was very nice yeah it was really good (laughs) it didn't curdle or anything it was just nice and creamy (laughs) I don't know how my toddler would feel about me nicking his ice cream to throw it in my pint of beer this week I got myself a little sort of four pack of beers from Innocent gun they've got like a four pack with the one that i've really enjoyed out of that this week was their gunpowder ipa it's just delightful well thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in this week our next episode is all about cooking with beer with the wonderful melissa cole and runaway brewery so it's a must listen for fans of sue's weekly recipe although matt is not going to be joining us next week because he's going up to barnard castle <laughs> i am I've, I've got to test my eyes somehow i'm taking a, I'm taking a case of beer and the kid in Brilliant. the back and i'm hoping for the best <laughs> Where are you heading, Matt? <laughs> uh, I'm, going, I'm going up to Cumbria. Now that the restrictions are lifted, I can go and see my parents. Yeah, fair uh, enough. Now, hopefully there'll be some pubs in the like, district of Outdoor Beer Gardens, so we'll hopefully have a few pints up there too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, we look forward to hearing all about that. We'll one. have one of our correspondents, Stella Sims, will be joining us for that week. Looking forward to Stella joining the team. It's all changed next week. I'm just looking forward to the food element, if I'm honest with you. Although Sue's written in to tell us she won't be able to provide a recipe next week oh. ironically enough for the cooking episode she's also seeing some family as well maybe she's coming up with me do the cooking <laughs> <laughs> have you stolen sue <laughs> yeah, 
I'm paying her a premium as my personal chef. That's what it's going to be. I'll tell you what, before I do my quote this week, I've got to mention one of my many Twitter fans, uh, Ed Quoth the Raven. Fantastic Twitter handle this guy's got on, on Twitter. Uh, he mentioned that my Benjamin Franklin quote from last week. Apparently, Benjamin Franklin wasn't allowed to get involved with writing the US Constitution because George Washington was worried he'd put jokes in it. So it's, <laughs> Sounds uh, like you. Uh, yeah, that's it. So, it's just, uh, so he was great at beer quotes, but, but he would have just peppered that Constitution with reference scattergun references to beer and cider that would put a <laughs> smile on probably would not been that clear for future generations my mum also you know biggest fan she wanted me to tell you that Ben Franklin was not actually a US president even though he's a founding father which I probably should have picked up on having majored in history and politics in America but hey ho that's <laughs> <laughs> fine oh, there we go I mean that was worth the investment I know exactly <laughs> get yeah. your education kids <laughs> that is true uh, so I'd say I apologise to all all the history fans out there. And, uh, <laughs> I, t- I tell you what, I have, I've gone a little bit further north to Canada um, from essayist uh, and uh, professor Hugh Hood, who has a fantastic quote here that I think is uh, appropriate for us as we can go down to pubs again. He said, Nothing ever tasted better than a cold beer on a beautiful afternoon with nothing to look forward to than more of the same. Nailed it. Cheers! Cheers. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How does a free case of beer sound? Yes, you can grab a case for free courtesy of our pals at Beer52 by going to www.beer.com beer52.com forward slash people that's the numbers 52 in the 52 and covering the meagre postage cost of £5.95 and what's more as a special offer for our listeners they'll throw in two extra beers for free so that's 10 unique craft beers Beer 52 is actually the biggest beer club in the world each month they send their members a case of beer from a different part of the world and this month it's an absolute belter Their great European road trip case takes in the best beers from across the continent. 
So try a crisp, refreshing Pilsner from Norway's Lervig Brewery and a monster 7.5 double IPA from Sweden's Derges Brewery. On the dark side this month, there's a smooth stout from Copenhagen's Tool. There's also beer from Croatia, Poland, Germany, Serbia and Austria, among others. And if dark beer's not your thing, you can choose the light-only case. Also included is the ever-insightful Ferment magazine and a couple of tasty snacks. And even if, after all that, you're still unsatisfied, you can simply pause or cancel at any time. So head over to www.beer52, that's the numbers 5 and 2, dot com forward slash people to claim your free case of 10 beers now. <laughs> 